Hey guys, just before the episode starts, we thought we'd jump on in here with a little goddamn freaking ad for you all. This is news, baby. We have started a brand new Patreon, patreon.com slash total reboot. If you sign up to our Patreon for just $5 a month, you will gain access to our bonus content known as Total Reboot Riffs, where we're going to be rebooting films that exist out there in the world, but putting our own little freaking spin on them. That's right, babies. We're going to be pitching our reboots to movies that already exist, but we're going to make them a little bit better. We're also going to be doing some commentaries yes. that go over original tracks, so you can sync them up, you can sit at home, pop on Reservoir Dogs or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and listen to us talk over it. Right now, you have access to at least one episode, which I think is very, very funny. People have been loving it so far. They have already signed up to the Patreon. Mm-hmm. It is our reboot of American Pie. Alexi style. It's based on my life as a teenager now. And it's weirdly hornier and yet more woke at the same time. Far more woke than the original. And still we're getting some commentaries up there for you. And one of them we've been talking about doing, we plan to do a Mike Myers horny box set of commentaries. That's right. Every single Mike Myers movie. <laughs> we just committed to it now. We are going to do them. No, we'll just do the Austin Powers ones. For now. But yeah. then we shall do every single other Mike Myers movie on there. Bar Pete's Meteor. We have to do Pete's Meteor. Okay. we got to do all of them. So you join up to patreon.com slash total reboot. $5 will get you everything for the hornier level. For horny babies, that's $6. Dollars ninety six hmm. ninety. That sounds familiar to something. Six nine. It makes me feel hungry for I don't know dinner for two or something. Mm, I could eat for two. That's for sure. <laughs> that is going to get you nothing extra. It's you, the exact same thing, exact but it's just a little thing. bit hornier. Yeah, so it's the one to go for. Baby. And maybe we'll shout you out on the podcast. Maybe we will. We will yeah. shout you out. So join <laughs> us over at patreon.com slash total reboot. Enjoy the show. Jungle Babies, welcome to Total Reboot, the only podcast in history to talk about movies on the internet. I'm Cameron James and I'm sitting opposite Alexi Teleopolis. How are you, Lex? I'm very well, Cameron. I want to wish a bona ziwa to all our fans in Moldova. I just looked at our stats. One of the most popular countries that we're in right now is Moldova. Is this actually true? Yes, that is true. So, Borna <laughs> to all our Moldovan jungle babies. You have been seen. You are recognized. Now, all anyone really wants in this world is to be seen. Yeah. And I want to tell you, our dear guest, who I haven't introduced yet, that I see you. 
Oh, thanks, man. I hear you. I see you. And I respect you. Thanks, man. <laughs> we, have, we actually have tremendous respect oh. for our guest today. He is the opposite of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> this guy gets a lot of respect. Uh, from the Oink Time podcast, we've got oh, Ben yeah. Elwood. Hi, everybody. Hey, Ben. Hey, hey guys. My two favorite boys. Hey. Oh, my gosh. You are <laughs> my favorite sweet. baby. Your favorite babe. You're one of our favorite babies. Oh, thanks, uh, guys. You, you have been on this podcast in its uh, first form of the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Yeah. And I think it's one of my favorite eps we ever did to talk about one of my favorite movies, Marty. Yeah, fantastic mm, film. Mm, the mm. Uh, the old school Punch Drunk Love, as yeah. I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Amazing. That's yeah, right. Yeah, amazing film. Hey, guess what? Today, we I'm finally happy to use the catchphrase Jungle Babies because we are going back into the jungle mm-hmm. for another action-adventure Type movie. Yeah, we're talking about Jurassic Park Fuck today. Yes. Fuck yes, the Just original, like... the best, the Steven Spielberg classic. Yeah, yep, yep, and yep. we've got you on board for that, Benny. Thanks, boy. Man. I'm very honoured actually because that is one of the most seminal films I've ever seen in my life. There's like about a yeah. half a dozen mm-hmm. uh-huh. that really resonated from childhood. This was... is a big one for me too. What are some other? Do you know my the most other ones my most seminal film? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Uh, hang on a second. I wonder where this Here riff is going. Go. Give me a second. Probably something about Mary. Okay. <laughs> okay? That's right. one of the most seminal movies of all time. My instinct said American Pie. Yeah. I thought you were going to say American Pie. Well, we don't get the full way, except for when Jim ejaculates three or four times to, uh, when he's trying to make love. I've never seen an American Pie film. Oh, oh Benny, whoa. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have massive gaps. I think that's why Jurassic Park meant so much. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> massive gaps, baby. Because <laughs> I never saw an Indiana Jones film as a child. Whoa. I never saw a Star Same Wars franchise. film as By a child. By the way, Indiana Jones turns into American Pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same franchise. <laughs> You never saw a Star Wars or an indie film as a kid? No, I, I have like shit. massive gaps. So the saw- only indie film Ben saw as a kid was Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know the first indie film I ever saw? My mum took me to see it at the cinema when I was about nine. The Crying Game. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. That reveal at the yeah, end. Yeah, 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 at the yeah, end. Yeah. It's in the freaking second act. Unfucking believable. Oh, wow. And I was way too young. Yeah. I was too young to understand what was going on. <laughs> yes. But old enough to understand that I should not have been present for what was going yeah. on. Why it did was... she take you to that? That's oh, a crazy I was like mum's little buddy. Idea. She yeah. took me to see Falling Down when I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is the Rosetta Stone to my entire personality. really answers a lot of questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still remember the death stares we were getting from other audience members in the theatre at the time. Because I was a very small child. Yes. Um, But no, um, Jurassic Park was a big one for me. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the first one. Oh, that's another one of my big ones. Mm -hmm. That gave me... That was the first time I felt that I... Maybe not the first revelation I had, but it was the first time I register having a revelation. Uh, The the part where Roger Rabbit gets out of the handcuffs and Hoskins Mm -hmm. says, you mean to tell me you could have got out of those handcuffs at any time? Not at any time. Only when it was funny. And I remember my little, whatever, seven-year-old brain just Mm. pinging off. Holy shit, you can get away with anything if you're funny. Yeah. That's how he became a comedian. And you don't understand the character of Ben Elwood. We can move into the review. (laughs) (laughs) A Steven Spielberg film. This is a feeling all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Down! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park 1993, directed by the maestro himself, Steven Spielberg. 
A wealthy entrepreneur secretly creates a theme park featuring living dinosaurs drawn from prehistoric DNA. Before opening day, he invites a team of experts and his two eager grandchildren to experience the park and help calm anxious investors. However, the park is anything but amusing as the security (laughs) systems go offline and the dinos escape. This movie stars Wayne Knight. <laughs> Newman finally making his big screen debut. Well, Newman's actually, this is after Basic Instinct. And JFK. And JFK, yeah. Yeah, really? Where he plays a character called Newman. Does oh, he yeah, serious? he literally does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Later Newman. to be parodied on, parodied on Seinfeld itself. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture God. eating itself. Oh, man, I love popular culture. It is fucking crazy out there. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, we're a pop culture podcast. Yeah, we are pop culture experts, aficionados. I eat pop culture for breakfast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool, favourite comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about one of probably the most famous movies of all time. Yeah. This Actually, is a very beloved movie. After you read that synopsis then, which, by the mm. way, were you reading that on Letterboxd? That's Letterboxd.com, that synopsis. We are not sponsored by them, but I do like them. Letterboxd is great. One of the best yeah, yeah, sites yeah, yeah, on yeah. the internet. It Absolutely. reminded me that on rewatch of this movie the other day, I maybe for the first time in my life... Mm-hmm. Ever realised what the plot of this movie was, story-wise? <laughs> really? I don't think I ever quite knew why Alan Grant and um, Ellie Sattler were going to the park with Ian Malcolm. I just always like, yeah, they're going there to check on it and see if it's okay before it opens. I had no real understanding that it was all because of that cold open where the worker dies. Yeah, of course, yes, yes and yes. then his family sued the park, yeah. and they need to go and. Prove that, that it's actually, okay. Is that actually covered that the, yeah. the park is being sued for that? Yeah, that that's oh, like yeah, right, the okay. opening yeah. dialogue when uh, the lawyer is going to the amber mine, ah. looking for John Hammond. That's all exposition that he's kind of talking about with one of the miners. This yeah, is we're being sued, so I need to come and make sure it's okay. Blah blah blah. He- heavy exposition is not something you see in adventure movies yeah. or movies that are. Cut- I mean, Jurassic Park wasn't solely aimed at kids, but it was definitely you know kids were a target yeah. demographic of it. They've got you little. Do not kids see in that anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is of that era where kids, where movies that are not just kids' films, but are aimed at kids, they just chuck a few kids in yeah, there as yeah. well. But don't you think that's the genius of it? Because, uh, you know, to, to fast forward a little bit, but mm-hmm. the, the, the T Rex attack scene, the, mm. the iconic set piece, mm-hmm. the genius of that, watching that at, how old was I when that came out? Nine years old? Mm. The genius of that scene is that it is through the eyes of a child. Yeah. So, wow. as a child sitting in the audience, mm. it's all the more horrifying. Horrifying. I've yeah. never been yeah. so scared in a scene up until that point in my life. I think that's a big flaw with all the sequels that have come along after this one is that they never quite got into the mind of a child like mm. this one did. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of that exposition, right? I think Spielberg might be the best at hiding exposition really mm. early in a movie so you never really get bogged down in it. Yeah. Even in Indiana Jones, when he gets given the task to go look for the Ark of the Covenant, it's all just in like wide shots with cross-talk mm. and people being interesting and walking in front of the frame and stuff. Mm. You don't even pay attention. You're just like, oh, there's Indiana Jones. Oh, what are they talking about? It doesn't really matter. I'm kind of learning the story, but mm. I'm also yeah. just looking at nice things. How old were you guys when you first saw it? Uh, I think I, I would have seen it on home video yeah, fairly too. early on oh, after really? its release. Mm. Oh, I'm the only I would have only been two when it came out in the cinemas. Right. I was and- five, and I think I saw it, yeah, the year it 
came out on VHS. I remember yeah. begging my parents to let me see it. Yeah, right. So I'm yeah. the only one that saw it at the yeah. actual cinema. That was oh, yeah. unbelievable. I saw it at the main room in the Hayden Orpheum. Oh my God, my Holy favorite shit. cinema in the entire world. favorite cinema in the entire world, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was the first film in Australia that had surround sound. Oh, really? Yeah. They brought okay. it in for this. Because I really do remember that, um, you know... That makes sense. It's always a big blockbuster film like that yep. or Avatar where that becomes standard. Mm. Yeah, and I still remember the sensation of hearing the, the scuttling oh from God. all angles mm. and that freaking the shit out mm. of me as a little kid as well. But it's interesting because I feel like, uh, you know, people like us, our generations were raised on films where there was a lot of heavy exposition up front, mm. whereas... Kids today mm-hmm. are very used to just propelling straight into the action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I went and saw... The last time I saw Jurassic Park was at IMAX um, a few years ago for the re-release. Yeah. And I went with a couple of kids, um, the youngest being seven. And about... You forget, because that movie has such an impact, but you forget there's like, what, eight minutes of dinosaurs in the whole movie? Yeah. The rest of it is just yeah. people talking there's, about... There's the, apart from the cold open, there's like 45 minutes before you see another Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So about 45, <laughs> about 40 yeah. minutes in, and we hadn't yet got to the <laughs> T-Rex pen. Yeah. yeah. About 40 minutes in, the little girl I was sitting next to leaned over and she goes, is this movie almost over? And I look at her and I go, oh, it hasn't even begun. Yeah. And she goes, well, when's it going to begin? <laughs> I was like, oh... You'll know. Yeah. And three minutes later, yeah. T-Rex comes out and she's under her seat wow. screaming. And as we left the cinema after it was over, she's looking at me going, why would you bring a child to this movie? I'm traumatized for life. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I would love to know now the impact on a child. If you can tell me when you saw again with that, with your, was your niece, you said? Yeah. That moment where Alan Grant first sees the Brachiosaurus, mm. did that have the impact that it had? No. Really? No. I guess they've seen a million cooler things yeah. since then. But yeah. for us, this is the first big effects movie. We'd never seen anything like yeah. this. And, and also, that's probably one of the weaker effects. That's that's mm. probably one of the effects that's dated yeah. worse out of all of them. It's in it's, broad daylight. It's strict CGI. It's strict, the yeah. rest is usually puppet yeah. none of the, CGI. None of the daylight stuff looks incredible anymore. It was the, all it was, the nighttime stuff. Yeah. Holy shit, I could watch to it all. this day, I watched it on a, my projector <laughs> at home, the, the, the T-Rex attack scene. And it's, I mean, it's fucking flawless. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. I think that, it, it is interesting to me that fails though, even now, because I think that it is Spielberg's best moment. That's, really? It, it, I would say of all his mm. films, that's the most Spielbergian moment. I think it's the best Spielberg moment mm. because it captures that thing that I think... Uh, that is the problem with all the other Jurassic Park films that follow this one, mm-hmm. the reboots and the sequels, is that no one else has been able to capture that wondrous mm. moment, that yeah, moment of pure wonder and awe. Mm. I've said this before. I reckon someone, it must exist out there on the internet, someone could put a compilation video together of all the shots of people in Spielberg movies looking at things that aren't really there <laughs> in with a beautiful look of wonder on their face. Just yeah. CG things. Imagine directing people to do that. He's the master of it. Going, yeah. hey, can you look up? No, I'll line a little higher, a yeah. little higher, and just keep raising it up and just look like... Honestly, this is the happiest moment of your life. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> How's yeah. he getting that performance from people? It's so interesting because I went through a period, maybe, maybe it's a maybe it's a very normal phase in my late 20s, early 30s, like, fuck Spielberg. Of course. What a yeah, fucking hack, it. piece of shit. This whole podcast has been, since we started The Blank Slate, has been me re-embracing my love of Spielberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, and about a year ago, I'm suddenly like, oh, you know what? I'm yeah. real. Like, I went and saw The Post. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not fantastic, but mm. it was like, yeah, just spoon feed me warm yeah. porridge. This mm-hmm. feels great. 
great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've really come to come is, around to reappreciate. He's him. the master. I, I like. Yeah. It's uh, to me. It's always been undeniable for me. Like I, like his movies aren't exactly my favorite. Mm. He's not my favorite director, but I have. Like you, Ben, I would have the utmost respect for him. <laughs> Just because he's like, to me, it's like Hitchcock. It's undeniable. The guy invented yeah. a form. The yeah. guy adheres to the form, and it's just perfection. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I don't feel bizarre saying that. I'm like, no. To me, Spielberg is the guy. He's the guy. He makes movies that are so warm and so loving, and mm. just have this this cinematic language down to a T. Yeah. And he does this thing in this movie and all his movies where it's like that shot reverse shot with this. Mm. That's to me is that Spielbergian shot where we see him, we see Alan Grant's face before we see the the yeah. Brontosaurus or Brachiosaurus, mm. whatever it is. The yeah. long neck. Mm. I'll I only refer to the dinosaurs. <laughs> I'll only refer to the dinosaurs in Latin before, before time, time terms. Yeah. <laughs> so long so neck. not the sharp tooth, but yeah. the long neck. Yeah. Okay, not okay, sharp okay, tooth, okay. not the Sarah, it's the long neck. And so, and that just, just that moment of awe where it's been so built up already in the script that Alan Grant is like this cynical paleontologist um, who doesn't like kids. He's a very serious man. And just to see that moment of like just childhood regression Mm. magic, Mm. to me, I'm still surprised that didn't work on someone because I think it's the structure of the cinematic language that makes that moment beautiful. Okay, for us, we grew up with this movie, but also we're pretty fucking intelligent. Yeah, not to blow our own horn. Not to the kids have already but... seen fucking Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and shit. They've seen Dancing Groot. They've yes. seen fucking oh things exploding. No, 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 Can no, we no, do a right. super yeah. cut where a little cut where it goes, we see him stand up, cut to Dancing Groot, <laughs> and just in awe of that? <laughs> that's the new thing, man. But that's the thing. That, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is all just... Um, you know, it's, I think it's the pacing that you've grown up on and it's yeah. the rhythms that you're used to. And as I, as I was saying before, we're used to slow build. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with the, with the, the pace of movies today and, and the rate of editing and, and just the effects being just thrown yeah. in your face, oh, yeah. a long stretch of half an hour for a 10-second shot of an obviously CGI dinosaur ain't mm. doing it for a seven-year-old yeah. these days. And I don't think, whatever, maybe... In 10 years' time, when she's more sophisticated in terms of cinematic mm. language and stuff, she could appreciate that shot. Mm-hmm. But She'll in that probably moment, watch it the way we watch Roger Rabbit now. Be like, oh, how incredible they did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. With what they had, with the minimal technology they had. They yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah. The best special effects movie of all time, Roger Rabbit. I agree. Not to digress for two, one sec, please, one second. <laughs> no, 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 uh, please. no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you rewatch Roger Rabbit, just yep. notice that every single item that the Toons are interacting with is a real physical yeah. object. So the cigar that Baby Herman is smoking is a real hole. cigar. Yeah. yeah, and when you th- there's a great documentary on how they made that. But anyway, to digress, let's get back to is that the one hosted by the guy that's... Char- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, My it's, God, he's Cameron, have you ever seen this documentary? <laughs> I've seen it. It's on the DVD. I've it's got, on yeah. the DVD. Guys, if you're listening to this at home <laughs> and you have the DVD of Roger Rabbit... It's on YouTube watched, as well. Never watch the special features... It is one of the most insane things because yeah. the documentary is brilliant, yep. but it is hosted by the guy that voices Roger Rabbit and he's dressed like Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. It's not him as a drawing. It is the real the real fleshy man put in <laughs> Charles the... Charles Fleischer. Yeah, Charles Fleischer. <laughs> he is dressed as Roger Rabbit and it's not, it's, it's not the most accurate costume. I think it's yellow instead of red. <laughs> Do you think that he thought that like this is it? Like after Roger yeah. Rabbit, this is it. Well, I am like on the, the fucking... golem of his day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like on set wearing the bunny ears yep. and shit, yep. like talking to them off camera. He really was like, I'll be the go-to dude for this. Yeah. Never no. again. Never. Sorry. If anyone needs to make a freaking tune flick, I'm in. There. He played, I wonder, did he do anything else? Yeah, he played it? the creepy fuck that tries to get Jake Gyllenhaal down into the basement in Zodiac. 
Oh, he does oh too. He does too. And that's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish he went down and we just saw him dressed as Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> just Roger Rabbit down there. <laughs> that's actually a good role for him, man. Because yeah, he's got a creepy face. <laughs> God, we got to oh. do a rewatch of those movies together now. Um, maybe to, get, to give a little bit more of historical context, as we are a film mm-hmm. history podcast yes. all about text and time. I think this, 1993, obviously, it's the Spielberg year it's the most interesting year it's the year that we fully unlock Spielberg as an artist it's his year it's this it combines the two things Spielberg does it's the big blockbuster adventure Mm -hmm. and it is the prestige drama this is the year that he perfects both of those things We've got Jurassic Park we've got Schindler's List coming out the same year Mm -hmm. I can't no one's ever done that no no, no, was he, he was that. nominated for a main, major awards for both, right? Probably uh, not main director main, not, for Thingo, but... Jurassic Park, it's all the technical stuff. Yeah, he probably yeah, would have yeah. been known for the, those, but, you know, Schindler's Best Picture, Best Director. Yeah. He tried and, recreating that in 2017 with the post and Ready Player One, but it was also, not, as, uh, mm, not as successful. He's done mm. it a few times. We'll be talking about this next week, 1997, Jurassic World, and Lost... Amistad. And Amistad. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not Jurassic World, sorry, Lost World, lost Jurassic World. Park mm, and Amistad. Mm, 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 mm. So it's a, it's a thing about Spielberg where He's this dual director, and he does both of those things extremely well. Perfectly yeah. chosen word, by the way. Which one? Dual. Dual. Uh... Yes. <laughs> His most famous movie. Deep cut. Dual, known in England as the Two Lorries. <laughs> is, that, is that true? No. Oh, no. <laughs> We're in a post-irony age. Yeah. You can't even tell anymore what the fuck is real or not. Jurassic Park has an interesting legacy mm. in the sense that it obviously ushered in this new age of digital special effects. Mm. But I feel like it was you know uh, it used those effects in the best possible way mm. in the in the cutting between you know animatronics and digital uh, and I feel like post that it kind of unleashed this glut of just films that I feel are Practically unwatchable now, mm. just in terms of how ugly mm. they are and yeah. just that oversaturation of digital. Um, what, do you, what do you do? You guys like? Do you think that that's uh, that Jumanji? Was Jumanji yeah. is one that comes to mind. Mm. After this movie, people went, "Holy shit, we can make full creatures mm. and we can have them interacting mm. with real yeah. people and they're 3D." And but no one knew how to use it mm. yet. No one knew how to give weight to yep. things. One thing we need to be wary of, and I noticed it from watching the sequels mm. to this movie again, is that. Apart from Spielberg, barely anyone does the Jaws effect of these movies where you don't see Mm. the creatures at first. You just see the rustling of bushes or things coming past in the foreground. Mm. Almost every other sequel to this movie went... Everyone loved the dinosaurs. Let's give make every reveal yeah. just be you see it in full. Too there many it dinosaurs. Is. Yeah, too, too many. many. Yeah, I f- yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing that just that um, yeah going into that kind of oversaturation point and all the wrong lessons learned. I think it's mm. taken. What is it? How long ago did Jurassic Park come out? 25 years 25 ago? Years 25 years today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today. Really? The today. day of recording. As this episode comes out, it was just last week. It's just happened. Wow. So we are now in the 25 years since Yeah, Jurassic interesting. Park. And it feels like it's taken almost that long for people to step back and go, hey, wait a minute. Mm. Let's not take the lesson of, oh, CG good. Yeah. And... Oh, CG good when combined mm. with yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, you still... I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings is a great example of a, yeah. a great blending of... Yeah, the Gollum's two. fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> he looks rough in yeah, 2018. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it seems like people are only now realising, oh, this is, is an amazing technology. Yeah. It is really effective, but only mm. when it's used sparingly or only when it's combined with a, a thing that's actually physically, practically there. Yeah. And that's... Uh, was it Stan Winston who did the puppetry? Stan and Winston, the yeah. Creature designs for this? 
They are incredible. And most of this movie is like practical mm-hmm. design puppets. Well, that, yeah, that T-Rex attack scene, the only time he's CG is when he's charging at yeah. Ian Malcolm. And I think and when he first comes... Right? No, no, no. That, you that's do see a, a couple scene. of shots. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then obviously when he comes out of the fence and he's between the two cars yeah. roaring. Yeah. But the oh head that's God. smashing through the car and that's all of real. it is horrifying. Let's talk about that sequence because that's probably the most iconic sequence yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And I think it holds up as one of the best yeah. cinematic moments yeah. ever. Mm. No, absolutely. I and fucking it's still, and love it. And it's still it. terrifying because it's yeah. that yeah. slow build. It it's goes that- for so long. It's like a 20-odd minute right. sequence. And this is what I think so many modern films forget the power of dread, oh, you yeah. know, and that yeah. creeping, just yeah. something awful is going to happen. And it's almost like when it happens, it's the relief. Mm. It, it always reminds me of that scene in Alien when um, Harry Dean Stanton's just walking around the ship looking for the cat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitty, kitty, yeah, yeah. kitty. And it goes for like 11 minutes. And you're just in there going, I know some shit you're is just, up. The just... movie's called freaking Alien. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, when, it, when he finally dies, it's yeah. like, oh, thank God. But the first time I saw that movie, I, I felt like I was going to bath. Yeah. It just... just End this, mm. and it's very much the same with that T Rex scene. You know, the the cars have stopped, mm-hmm. the power grid's down, yeah. the water's this, rippling, the it's, goats disappear. That's yeah. the thing. That's what Spielberg does the best. Is that in the setup of any sequence like this, he'll give you about fifteen things mm. that you might not think are relevant. Mm. You see the goat on the chain, blah mm-hmm. blah blah, the light flashing on the fence. All the tautness of the steel things. You're just seeing them passing mm. by. And then one by one, he takes them all away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the whole time you're going, oh, fuck, there's a swinging goat chain. Oh, God, he's eating the goat. Oh, yeah. the light's off now. What does that mean? Yeah. Like everything gets taken away until the last, the most beautiful thing, which is seeing that fucking eyeball come down and pulsate in the torchlight. Mm-hmm. Everything builds up to that. Yeah. And also you're seeing a million shots of fucking Dr. Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant staring at it as yeah. well, yeah. getting more and more horrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also the realization of how unequipped anyone would be, but especially mm. how unequipped these children are oh. to deal with the situation. Yeah. And I think that's what I felt, you know. I mean, I still remember digging my fingernails into my mum's and she was doing the same to me because she's mm. a fucking wuss in movies as well yeah. but both of us just you yeah. know sick to our stomachs like this is I mean I, as a kid I had a pathological fear I had a lot of pathological fears but mm. I had a pathological fear of being eaten by an mm. animal like it was I, yeah. I think I had a very vivid nightmare once about being eaten by a panther or something in a tent <laughs> and it was very alive while it was feasting on my guts and, and then, so then seeing it <laughs> uh, so then seeing it <laughs> They're seeing it blown up, you know, oh, yeah. and it's surround sound and it's happening yeah. behind me and on my side and, oh my and everything. And I, I still, you know, there's very few um, kind of iconic moments that you remember from your childhood cinematic experiences. Mm. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the cinema as a kid, but that is like, it's just imprinted. It was, and, and then of course the raptor scene later, but we can get to that. Yeah, uh, the raptor scene is the one that I really remember from my childhood because I think that's when I stopped the movie. Because oh, I left because I remember my older cousin. He wanted to watch the movie, hmm. and I was loving it. I think the T Rex thing. I was just like, because I'm a kid, I love T Rexes. I was excited by that. I never heard of a Velociraptor, mm. and then the way that it's built, the Velociraptors are built into the film is just brilliant mm. because it happens. It happens at the start. You see that little boy. You which don't even until f- oh, yeah. until my last viewing of the movie. I thought it was a small woman. <laughs> more like a more like a six foot turkey. Yeah. I always thought there was like some woman complaining about the holiday that they were on. I never I never thought there was a kid until like maybe one year ago. I still sometimes think it's a little woman when I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. I've had that exact same debate in my head. I'm like, that's a little woman. Is that Rosie who just, McDonald? Who just works there? She like yeah. she's doing like work experience. 
experience there yeah. or something, or she's maybe she's an archaeologist, <laughs> and they're like, no, it's a kid. It's supposed to be a kid. Yeah. It doesn't look right. The proportions aren't right. What's going on There's with this something kid? Something off here. Definitely ugliest kid I've ever seen. <laughs> Happy to put that on record. Happy no, to put that no, on record. No. Does that kid have a career now? Uh, yeah, he's in stuff. I've seen it? him in something. <laughs> You've seen him in something? Yeah, I've seen him in something. The fact that you clocked him and recognised him many years well, later. Well, yeah, I think it was... It's I... actually Casey Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I remembered what I saw him in. He is in the TV series Raising Hope as a police policeman. Which just is, generic policeman. He's, just a, he's a policeman in it a few times, a few episodes. He's a recurring character. <laughs> it's the t- sequel series to My Name is Earl. <laughs> and that's just all I remember from. I was like, I remember just watching and going, that person looks so familiar. Where do I know that <laughs> that's person? That lady from and Jurassic Park. Hang on a second. <laughs> and my life was just rewritten. It was just like the end of Usual Suspects. Like, where does second want to get all? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah man. So that's, yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, I just yeah, always yeah, thought yeah. it was the same thing and then we see that's how the raptors are first introduced very yep. banal and yep. it kind of keeps coming up then we see them up. again but it's that total jaws effect where all you see is them being fed with the cow yep. the bushes rustle and then the crane comes back out and it's all bloody yeah. and torn up yeah. and, and the shit. screen like let, let's talk about the sound effects the, some of oh, the most yeah. chilling sound of that those i don't know what kind of animal screams they yeah i wonder together. what they used but i mean I, that, I, probably I, that, charles flyshark yeah <laughs> 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 uh, no, but I still remember that as well. Setting my teeth on it. Yeah. It's just that. I think the, uh, apart from the T-Rex sequence, which goes on for fucking ever, including the car being stuck in the tree, which yeah. is incredible. The next best sequence is definitely Lex and uh, whatever the little boy's name is, mm. Tim, Tim, being chased by the raptors through the kitchen. Oh, unbelievable. That is so slow as well. Oh, Fuck, it's good. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah. so good. You never see slow action sequences anymore. That, this is what I'm really curious about. Can you think of another movie of recent times that has played with that idea of the mounting dread and that idea of introducing a horrific idea very early on mm. and not paying it off until the very end so that you've... You know, while you might not be conscious of it while you're in the cinema, mm. it is slowly marinating in mm. the back of your brain. You well, know, maybe it's... horror movies do this, but not so much yeah. these action-adventure movies. I, don't, I can't even remember the last horror movie I saw. I would say right now in cinemas, if you want that experience, Hereditary. Uh, don't tell me a word about it. I won't this. say yes, anything yes, yes. about it, but that is a movie that... I'm a horror movie guy. Mm. It's my favourite genre. Mm. I went with other horror movie fans, and we were all fucked up. It's Good. such a great movie. I but adore it. That's what you want. You want mm. that, you know, mm. and I crave that feeling now because yeah. it happens so rarely. I mean, really, it was like Jurassic Park, Alien, mm. the new Twin Peaks did it to me. Oh, yeah, That Twin feeling Peaks of just, I, I want to get out of yeah. the room Stop right this. now. I'll yeah, tell and you. as I walk down the hallway, I'm looking over my shoulder. Mm. Is something going to jump out and get me? I turned to my friend <laughs> while watching Hereditary and I said, if any of the things happened to me in this movie, even, even the little things, I would kill myself straight away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the feeling I had throughout that film. I think that's an interesting movie like I will stop talking about it soon but I think it's got a lot of anti-Spielbergian qualities to it like the way that Antichrist is Jesus Christ doppelganger (laughs) because it's just (laughs) like it is he uses similar techniques but to get it inverse correct Lars von Trier film Antichrist no 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 no. I meant (laughs) I meant Antichrist as in Damien son of the devil oh right (laughs) right 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 right. yeah oh right 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 you know it just it's similar I think I would say that there is a Spielbergian quality reversed to bring terror uh, 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 John Carpenter's The Thing does it very well. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good one too. I showed that to a friend who'd never seen it before and knew nothing of it, uh, and she was freaking the fuck yeah. out. Because you forget again, that's a 
t- good 25, 30 minute yeah. build of dread. And you know, something is very wrong with that dog. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with that dog, but every time it's on screen, my skin is fucking crawling. The dog's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> yeah, the dog's right? great. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant performance that slow by that dog. padding as it's walking along the, the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a rare quality in films these days. And I feel like that is becoming more understood mm. amongst mm. directors and filmmakers mm. and stuff wanting to go back to a more practical, more kind of slow build thing. But I do wonder uh, in a in a very kind of information-saturated age where everyone checks their phone 5,000 times a minute mm. if people have the patience even mm. for that. Can I put something forward? Uh, this is an idea I, I thought about a little while ago. Maybe it's a... Uh, <laughs> what if it put wings on a dog? Yeah. <laughs> do, you think, um, do you think I could put a fleshlight in my Furby? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think maybe the reason that that T Rex scene and this raptor scene are so successfully scary yeah. is because we're seeing these these monsters, these creatures in environments they shouldn't yeah. be in. We're yeah. seeing the raptor like breathe up against the glass of a door, yeah. and oh, which makes its, it fucking real so as good. well. Clack yeah. its fucking claw on tiles of a kitchen. Yeah. Maybe the reason that the sequels don't hold up or aren't as scary is because they're just in bush and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, mm. of course the monster would yeah, be in a yeah, bush. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, yeah. a dinosaur would live uh, in a fucking forest. is actually called the bush home, so that's actually <laughs> that makes sense to my mind. Logically. Like it's it's scary because they're inside buildings and shit, right? And, yeah. and crushing cars. And I also think shit. it's a thing where it's like you know you couldn't get a more diametrically opposed predator and prey. It's apex mm. predator versus a fucking dumb kid. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's just like kid, you're fucking doomed. Like yeah. yeah and, and and I think prior to the kitchen scene, you've seen I think uh, the uh, Muldoon is that the guy's name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. the game. Yeah, uh, Warden. The Chris think, Pratt character. I think yeah. you see him get taken out. Before. Bob Peck. Bob Peck. Yeah. Oh, I loved Bob Peck. He's in a great, my favorite episode of Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Oh, uh, I the, love the, that the, show. The, oh, the best. Unbelievable. Uh, the Man Who Could Whistle. Um, uh, I think you see him get killed before... The clever the Raptors, girl bit. The clever girl bit. So yeah. you've seen like the <clears throat> alpha male of <clears throat> the whole movie get fucking torn to shreds by these... Raptors, and then all of a sudden they're hunting the children. And, and he has so much respect for those beasts. Yeah, he gives them, he gives it to them when they kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gives it to them. Yeah, he's like, hey, Anya, you're actually very smart. <laughs> yeah, you're very I'm, smart, and I, you're a woman. I absolutely must praise you. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, I hope in Jurassic Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom they say, "Ooh, nasty woman." <laughs> I hope that happens. Can, can we just reference the Jurassic World franchise for just a moment? Mm-hmm. I am not. I am. I am very anti nostalgia, and I'm very mm. anti like. So that's how it happened. Yeah, I, I, ha- I hate that shit. Yeah, I would say that you're not anti nostalgia. Anti nostalgic manipulation. Yes, I'm mm. anti. Uh, like I haven't seen. Solo, and I'm no Star Wars guy. Yeah. But when I heard, uh, you know, oh, it, it tells you the origin of why he calls him Chewie. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. it's like you're answering a question no one no asked. One I don't care question. how Han Solo got his laser gun. He mm. got his fucking laser gun. You Dude, know, he, who gives a he shit? He invented freaking nicknames. It's awesome. That's just, it's, just, it's insufferable. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it, they did that in the Tim Burton Willy Wonka. You know, Willy Wonka loves chocolate because mm. his dad was a dentist. Well, oh. I didn't care why Willy Wonka likes chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Having said, he all likes that. chocolate because it's fucking yummo. <laughs> <laughs> Having said all that, yeah. when I saw Jurassic World, <laughs> every time there was, you know, the the sign that says when dinosaurs rule the mm, earth or yeah. when there's the mm. burnt out old car, 
it did it for me. Yeah, it, it worked me for up. me it too. It lit me up so hard. And I was like, oh, that's right. That mm. memory and this memory. Mm. And I felt almost as though I'd betrayed myself and my yeah. own ideology, but it was like, you know, it was um, it was feeding all of But that movie was a smart-ass. That movie the whole time was playing with yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. Jack Johnson's character was just, hey, the first one was cool. Yeah. And the whole time, that's yeah, all he yeah, kept yeah. talking but about. Normally, I, I hate can, that stuff. And I, I can I, vouch for you how much you hate mm. this nostalgia stuff. I remember when you and I were first <laughs> friends, I came from seeing, I bumped into oh, you no. after I saw the Lego movie <laughs> and you were like, Ugh, Lego movie And then you spat gum At my feet <laughs> <laughs> And then you saw The Lego movie And you loved it I loved it I loved it on Blu-ray Yeah <laughs> I know, me a cool for me. I was completely wrong. But, you know, it was very much, um, you know, Shane Matheson, a great Sydney comic, said to me, the only other people that are, uh, the only other person that's as angry about the Lego movie as you is the CEO of Meccano. Maybe we should talk now about some of the characters and performances in this movie. Because I think this is one of the great ensemble casts in any Mm, film. Mm. Put it up there with Godfather, put it up there with the Flintstones. I think it's a great great ensemble cast. Which which Flintstones, the original or Viva Rock Vegas? Original, not Viva Rock Vegas. Not Rock Vegas, although that does have my favourite bald one in it. Who plays Barney in... uh, Uh, Rick Moranis. In the original, Rick Moranis. No, 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 but in in Viva Rock Vegas. Stephen Baldwin. A Baldwin. Trump Trump supporter. Barney. And then we have Mark (laughs) Addy as Fred Flintstone. Isn't that that fat guy from The Full Monty? Yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones. God. King King Cutnology. Dick or whatever. I'm an expert on all things film. All things (laughs) Flintstones. Yeah. You're a big bedrock head. I'm a bedrock head, baby. Uh, But Sam Neill, I I think the character of Alan Grant... Uh, played by Sam Neill is one of the great signature characters for yeah. a, for for an actor, and just he is perfect in it. Mm. Mm. He's just perfect. A beautiful blue shirt, those beautiful white chinos, and that little <laughs> handkerchief scarf, the neckerchief. I think he just looks iconic in I this movie. I could see you wearing a neckerchief, by the oh, way. Oh, I would love to. I don't have the neck to pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it almost wasn't Sam Neill? He only got cast three weeks before. Yeah, it was it's last minute. It was offered to a lot of people. William Hurt was one of them who was attached yeah. to it for a while. Harrison Ford turned it down. I think I'm both glad of, Harrison Ford yeah. turned it's it down. It's such a part that seems like they would have gone to him first. No, I'm right? so yeah. glad he turned. I don't and think he would have had the the same warmth that evolution no, you're right. that, you're right. um, that the character has throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford's quite cold. I think the the genius of Sam Neill in this is that he is already a very warm person, yeah. but he's playing cold for the first yeah, fucking yeah, forty yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. of the movie because it just appears mm. as a wall, and it makes that it makes that. Like you can see the evolution of that character really yeah. well in a film like this, because yeah, it just seems like a false thing that he's got up. Plus, he's yeah. not a he- he's not a hero. He's not an adventurer in this movie. He's just like a smart guy, he's a yeah. fucking yeah. archaeologist yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. he is, paleontologist. Yeah, he doesn't have to be like. If it was Harrison Ford, there would have been way more action. Yeah. probably. I'm sure. When also all the all the cultural baggage surrounding him as an actor, you can't yeah. not see Indiana Jones yeah. or Han Solo. He's wearing a fucking fedora. Him. Exactly. Come on. Yeah, and no. I think also William Hurt is someone that's. Too too cruel to be a character like this. Mm. Someone so kind. Mm. He just has like that, a, like a, a, a scary masculine energy about him, and it can be used well, and it can be used poorly. So, do you are you saying that you think that Alan Grant is a kind man who has built up a wall of disdain, or he is? I don't know if the character is, but Sam Neill definitely is someone who can't hide his actual warmth. Mm. 
I mean, apart from when he's really acting his heart out. <laughs> but he's like naturally as a man, he's yeah, yeah, just yeah. like a very But do you think the character person. of Alan Grant, you know, that, that his arc through the movie is an arc of changing who he is in terms of going from quite a cold, clinical, scientific man to, you know, basically a paternal mm. father figure at mm. the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he was always that, person and he just had to rediscover that or that was yeah i think he's I so. because the whole character arc of him is he is a paleontologist mm. he believes in science and all that kind of bizzo but he, <laughs> but you know he i think it at the, the story in the story of the film not the plot but the story is that paleontology is a uh, it's lame it's like it's like he science is cool. Science like it's like computers are cool. Yeah. Digging is lame. Exactly, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Is that it's like dinosaurs are so old? Who give a shit? They're not relevant anymore. It's the freaking nineties. We've got Nirvana right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, Pearl Jam. You know, yeah, we got Pearl Jam, Nirvana, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's just like Macintosh is. Back <laughs> IBM All sorts of cool shit Is happening It's like I think for him It's a cynicism That his His art His craft All of that Is no longer in vogue Yeah <laughs> And then so he's kind of Built up that cynicism Around it Saying like What people don't respect My th- my area My field yeah. of expertise now And so that is the wall And then to come and see Wow it's real That is the beginning of that To kind of break sure, down sure. Where people Yeah was, was, was that reflective Of the culture at the time Were, were, were da- dinosaurs out of vogue Before Jurassic Park Well it certainly put them in vogue No that's definitely That's what I'm wondering like, no, Were people freaking... just done with dinosaurs and After Jurassic Park... Anna Wintour saw this She's like We're putting this in vogue right now <laughs> No that's not true Because Land Before Time Was a big uh, thing mm. In the late 80s So who knows I can't. I, can't I don't think it was So much they're out of vogue But I just think I This think idea just, of like yeah. Making science cool mm. Mm-hmm. Was not a th- was not really happening. It was in the story of the film, at least. It might yeah. not have been in the culture. Michael Crichton's whole thing is just like, hey, guess what? Scientists can be rock stars as well. <laughs> have you re- and I think that's what this is. Have you guys read the original novel? I read the book. I yeah, read, I read it when book. I was a teenager. Yeah, same. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. I, I famously I, think books suck. So yeah. no, I've <laughs> I read, read The Lost World as well, which Terrible. is a real piece Heinous. of shit. What do you guys... What is your take on the Richard Attenborough character? Do you think he's the villain of the film? It's interesting because he tech, he is the villain and a lot of the, the sequels and reboots play that he is a very flawed man. But in mm. this movie, I think what it does, from my understanding from the book, you can guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is that in the book it is more straight that he is a Frankenstein. He's, he is a, he's a, villain. a villain, yeah. Mm. He and is a villain. death in the book is, is quite gruesome. And oh, I forgot well, he dies. And, and it's right. quite well deserved, I, yeah. as I recall. Yeah. I remember being like, yeah, he deserved to get eaten you know, however he gets eaten. But I love the Richard Attenborough portrayal, like get yeah. fucking Santa Claus, this jolly yeah. grandpa figure yeah. um, to bring warmth and to show that like, because this, a movie like this, it could be like Jurassic World where it's a cynical thing trying to make money mm. uh, from this giant attraction to make Disneyland. Mm. Um, but it's, they play him, they think of him as Disney, you know, yeah. a guy. He's essentially playing warm, Walt Disney. He a, like wants to figure. give, he wants to like, Bring wonder to the world. He's Spielberg. Yeah, he wants everyone to experience yeah. this beautiful feeling and look at things that they've never thought they'd see in sixty-five million years. Yeah, like he yeah. Wants to, that's what he is, and that's why I quite like it. And I think that in the sequels, you know, I know in the Lost World, he sort of has redeemed himself a bit. Mm. He set up all this this foundation to kind of preserve the park and keep yeah. humans away from it and stuff like that. So they do kind of redeem him a bit, but yeah, you can't deny the guy's a genetic scientist who created mm. things for profit. But as do well. you think that he's a villain? 
Do you think he's the villain of the movie? Like, obviously, obviously, uh, Nedry, mm. Wayne Knight, is the arch He represents villain, greed. But I, I, I kind of think it's a, you know... Maybe Dr. Hammond represents hubris, which is a type of villainy. And yeah. I also think it's the villainy of best intent. Which, yeah. Which, you know, uh, you know that whole, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mm. think it's a really interesting take on a villain, because I do think he is the villain. Mm. He endangers his fucking grandchildren. His yeah. um, and he's unleashing... You know, he's playing God and unleashing monsters on mm. the world. Sure, the intent might be pure and the intent might be childlike and wondrous, but, you know, what you really have to look at in any situation is result. Yeah. And, you know, I think all megalomaniacs maybe have good intent. Doesn't True, mean that the yeah. result is necessarily good. He's quite foolish. Good. They even talk yeah, about him all the time. They're like, you yeah, know, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You just, like, made it, wanted to make it look cool. You didn't think yeah. about safety. Yeah. You didn't put the freaking feathers on them. You wanted them to look scary. Yeah, you, you didn't the put the pool. feathers on the That'll rappers. be when a Jurassic Park movie is great, when there's big feathered T Rexes. Yeah. How sick would that be? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it, it only just occurred to me that with that flaw of his character. That yeah. I, I think I'd always seen it as a flaw, but I think as I get older, it's like, huh? You know, th- th- there comes a point with naivete and age where it's like, is naivete at the age of fucking 80 really yeah. an excuse? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, He's Trump, dude. <laughs> oh, <God>. He's fucking <laughs> Trump. Hey, we're living in freaking Jurassic World right now. <laughs> uh, I really love uh, Laura Dern's yep. character, Ellie Sattler. Yeah. Yep. For so many reasons. I think probably she's my first crush. Yeah. yeah. I thought like your first young... crush was the goldfish from That's Pinocchio. True. My first crush was Cleo, Cleo the, goldfish the goldfish from Pinocchio. <laughs> I really used to true? like blush whenever she came on the screen. Really? And I'd, like, get very antsy. <laughs> Did you know that my She's first, hot ass. My first uh, fear in life was Monstro the Whale from Pinocchio. Really? Pathological. I did know that. I think I'm Terrified. pretty... I was pretty scared You're afraid of, of being well. eaten by a creature. Of course, the whale that's everything. <laughs> it was that scene where Jiminy Cricket is sinking to the bottom of the ocean and Monstro's eyelid goes... And opens up. And yeah. Jiminy Cricket's like a speck compared to this guy's retina. And that, yeah. again, it was one of those imprinting moments. Like, oh, God. Oh, uh, boy. I think she's incredible in it. Uh, <laughs> she's a big fat bloke eats you one day. <laughs> <laughs> she was quite young Fuck in you. this, wasn't she? Wasn't she in her 20s? Yeah. It's more a turn. Yeah. She was really young. She was in this young. Film. I don't think 20s. I think she was in her 20s, man. Because yeah, right. she was like only 19 in Blue Velvet or something, which was only a few years before this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue so Velvet was like 89 or something. She is 51 years today. Uh, 25 years ago, Jurassic Park. Oh, there you go. Oh, so yeah. 26 years of age. Yeah, 26. Well. Carry the two. <laughs> <laughs> Carry the two. She's 26. It's also it's also rare for a movie of of this vintage to to depict a um a woman uh, you know that's uh courageous and yeah. fierce without any qualifiers. Totally. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no kind of set up scene for. Yeah. Well, you know that great scene where she's you know really overtly flirting with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. We haven't discussed yet. Um, That's the first cucking in cinema. <laughs> but they're also not a couple, or are they? It's so good. Their yeah. relationship is so good because yeah, he's yeah, way yeah. older than her. Yeah. He's protective of her in some way, and it's implied that there's some kind of love there. But mm. like, neither of them act on it. Even in the sequels. They are not yeah. together. Yeah, like, they don't make out when no, they get reunited never. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem like kind of a it's maybe just, a mentor relationship yeah. or something like it's that. It's like there's probably feelings there, but neither of them act on it. Yeah, which, which again like. is rare for a yeah. movie of that vintage. Yeah. 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 She, uh, so she's great. So Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Goldblum. The rock star mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that made Goldblum who he is today, I would say. <laughs> I reckon there's no going back from him in this performance. 
This is like the one that made him yeah. the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and those sexy black leathers. He's oh, great in mama. it, man. He's great yeah, in it. Yeah. It's a good character. He's a great actor. But I dread seeing him in anything these days. Why? Because he's playing Jeff Goldblum. Because he's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. rarely an actor Love him anymore. Love in those menu log commercials. That's <laughs> yeah. my favourite thing of him. What is going on with that, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, dude, you've got enough, huh? Yeah. You surely can't be getting paid enough from menu I know. log How much to are they giving yourself you? like that. How much are they giving you? I think at the moment, Jeff Goldblum loves being Jeff Goldblum. He loves being like this little imp, this little forest he's nymph in real totally life. He's been totally embraced know? by like by internet culture. Yes. In a way... Because of nostalgia. And because of this movie, him being because like this, this movie. sexy scientist, Was this you know? the first one that introduced his pattern of speech as well? No, nah, The Fly. He was like this He yeah. spoke like that in Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Even in Annie, Annie Hall, his first performance was that oh, yeah. one little I forgot line. my mantra. That, sound, that sounds like Jeff Goldblum. Like, this guy from minute one is yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the one that maybe introduced the, like, he's sexy, he's cool, he's funny. Yeah. But he's also a goof. Yeah, he's like a bit yeah, of a goofball. Sexy nerd my, my roommate worked on um thor ragnarok mm, uh yeah. and spent a lot of time in the presence of uh, mr goldblum and says that's exactly what he is i can imagine off camera yeah just exactly the same but isn't um, it annoying he's not really acting anymore like he's just being himself in things but I, a bit how but i think it's the same of all those guys that have been around for decades pacino de niro yeah. it, it hits this point where it's like where, what's the separation between them. you and yeah, yeah. You know your character. Yeah, it's that's like, true. We've I, we're such a big fan of you. We've written this part for you. It's exactly like yeah. how you are in interviews. It's your yeah. analyze this of all the movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just it's, it makes me sad. I want to see someone disappear into a character again because this this is a character that he's playing. Yeah. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. I think to do that they have to you know they have to do what Robin Williams did in one hour photo or something and oh, play yeah. something so against type. Yeah. That true. it's jarring and uncomfortable. I think that's the only way you can yeah. break out of that mold. And maybe because with Jeff Goldblum we I. Can't can't even see what that could be like what he could do out of type like hmm. I, like what, a serial killer put, him in, a drama. put him in a drama he hasn't done a drama in like fucking 30 years yeah. <laughs> he's but, just but he, he would movies. have to change his entire pattern of speech yeah yeah there's a rhythmic quality of the ways but you know like with a christopher walken or something like that it's, where yeah. it's just like he's yeah. so easy to impersonate um it's almost like parody of yourself kind of territory yeah exactly but I think he is brilliant in this He's movie. Brilliant. It's why it works. Like that. That in the book is the how similar or dissimilar is the character? It's the same type. It's like he's a rock star yeah. mathematician. Okay. And he's like arrogant. There's a line in uh, in the book in the third one in Jurassic yeah. Park three where the little kid that Alan Grant talks to says, "I read Ian's book. Uh, the guy seems like he's high on himself," yeah. which is sums the character up. He's yeah. just like. Hears himself start to talk and then gets excited by his own voice and the words that are coming out of his mouth. Wants to keep talking. Yeah, Yeah, wants to keep talking. So good. I think my favourite part of the entire movie is when the uh, the T Rex is chasing them in the car and he's sitting in the back of the car facing the (laughs) Mm. T Rex and he's completely calm when he says it. He's like, "Faster, faster, must go faster." (laughs) In in the book, is it true that his character dies? Yeah, yeah. The character does. But the then book. he's resurrected he for the lost brought, world. He got brought back for the I'm fucking world. Believe- I'm Michael Crichton. What a fucking... Michael ugh. Crichton became Dr. Hammond. Yeah. He was just like doing it for the money yeah. by the end, doing what he was told yeah. to do. Yeah. But in, I think that's the case in this film as well. I remember reading that he was to die, and mm. that's why he kind of just mm. kind of comes back, back a bit out of nowhere, really. 
is that... They find him in the wreckage of the toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like that... That like that, They were like... They realised they struck fucking gold, Bloom. And then ah, they, got yeah. him, they got him to come... Like, they just brought him back because they're just like, how can you not? This is like such an effervescent per, like performance that yeah. how can you not it's stay a great away character. from it? It's mm. a really good character. He's the voice you need in this movie. He's mm. cynical. He doesn't trust anybody, but yeah. he's also so fucking arrogant. I think he's also acting as the kind of audience surrogate mm. of stepping out of this mm. whole bizarre situation going, what? This is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really think with these high concept movies, you do need that kind of avatar. Yeah. Mm. You know, so we don't get too lost up our own assholes of, you know, the self-seriousness of this. Um, I think, yeah, he does, definitely performs a very necessary role. Yeah. So next week, Ben, we're going to be talking mm. about the sequels, mm. The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2. And Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. And then a week after that, we're going to move into the Jurassic World films. Yes. So, at this point in time, I think Jurassic Park, it's just a perfect film. Mm-hmm. And I could not imagine... Like, when you watch it now, like, what could you even do next? Like, it just... It yeah. wraps up nicely. Yeah. Yeah. What is a direction you could even take this film in? Uh, when those sequels came around, is there yeah. a feeling that you had about them? Were you excited? I would, I, of course I was super excited because Jurassic Park was so profound for me i also look i don't i'm i'm by no means think that two or two and three are good films Mm -hmm. but they hold an extremely uh special place in my heart i saw both of those with my grandpa and he was of a generation that he basically watched those movies the way a child would in Mm. the sense that when a dinosaur was on screen he, it was easier for him to just go, well, I guess that's a real dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Because he would, you okay. know, he'd be like, well, how are they doing this? <laughs> he'd be like, oh, they, they made it in a computer. But for him, a computer, like, this is like, what, 96 or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. For him, a computer is like a box that you type <laughs> on. And it's like, where? And you could see, like, he would just check out and be like, well, they're just real dinosaurs. Yeah. And, you know, oh he couldn't, God. you know, and I don't think he saw any of the strings. And so, you know, while I obviously, as a teenager, enjoyed the movie mm. myself, just watching it through his eyes and watching mm. him you know and he was very vocal in the cinema he would yell at the screen and we, 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 saw, we went and saw Deep Blue Sea together and yeah. you, know that, you know that classic scene where Samuel L. Jackson yeah. gets oh, yeah. eaten yeah. and the whole audience burst out laughing my grandpa stood up faced the cinema and why are you laughing it's a tragedy <laughs> <laughs> like he just the, oh. the English skills weren't there to understand the irony of what had just happened oh, yeah. uh, oh. all, all he'd seen is a man being oh. eaten by a fucking shark and yeah. it was terrible um, so, so to have three beautiful war <laughs> films <laughs> to just to see with that, oh. Um, so I loved watching those movies with him. Um, yeah. you know, and um, so was I excited? Uh, yeah, I guess. But mm. you know, I also clocked in in the moment like uh, too many dinosaurs. What is this? Yeah. Too many dinosaurs. Yeah, I was. So I was nine when the Lost World came out. That's the age you were when you saw Jurassic Park. Yeah. So this was the first one I saw in the cinema. Mm. I was so goddamn excited mm. for it. We. I, Made my parents buy tickets to like the earliest screening we could get. Wow. Went with my dad and my younger brother and a friend from school. I had a fucking Jurassic Park t shirt on. <laughs> I was like, this was my Jurassic Park, yeah. right? And I loved Ian Malcolm. He was the cool one from yeah. the first one. Of course, mm. I'm excited about it. Uh, so it's, I loved it. I remember being two, when the third one came out, was the mo- I remember sitting in the cinema and realizing yeah. it wasn't good. Were you scared by the second one? 
Yeah, I was terrified. You freaked uh, out. Most of the second one is at night time mm. as well. I still <laughs> remember that Cam scene in the, in the dark, in the long yeah. grass. With yeah. The, yeah, that, that really freaked sequence. me out with the Raptors. Yeah, and I will say, like, continuing this trend. Third one was My Jurassic Park. That was the one I saw in the cinema. Uh, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I adored it. Yeah. Oh, I, Spinosaurus. I, Sp- I love the Spinosaurus yeah. as a kid. Yeah. So next week you'll hear what we're all thinking about those films. Um, and the reboot, Jurassic World. Where were you when that happened? Uh, I, again, <laughs> I saw it excited? in 3D at IMAX. No, I wasn't excited. Mm. I think the reason I enjoyed it so much is because... Look, pro tip... I think mm. so many movie viewers go into these franchise reboots or whatever expecting to have some kind of revelation yeah. or some mm-hmm. kind of religious experience or to feel the feeling they felt when they were yeah. a kid. But the only reason they felt that feeling was because it was before life had crushed them. So yeah. you can't feel that again. <laughs> and it wasn't, um, you're a kid, it's a movie. Movies are fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, your, your, your ability to uh, separate reality and fiction is, is skewed at that age. Mm. So, you know, things are bigger and bolder and everything. Yeah. People would do well to fucking remember that. I think a great headspace, I went into Jurassic World going, this is going to be dog shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's almost like I'm seeing this out of duty or some yeah. kind of, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, like homage to my younger self. Uh, and I fucking... I loved it. Mm, I yeah. had a great time. I was like roaring with laughter the whole way through it. Yeah. Like I said, all those nostalgic beats hit their mark. Yeah. Um, you know, and close friends of mine have like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. This is exactly yes. the kind of movie you hate. But it's like, <laughs> well, it, I didn't hate so it. So sorry about it. that. I was just still pissed about Lego movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting at your yeah. feet. What an animal. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, 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 the two and three and Jurassic World are not movies that I would kind of consciously sit mm. down to watch again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they hit their marks when they came out for sure, yeah. And then the new one, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, comes out this week. Are you going to be there? Of course, I'll, of course. Yeah, you have to. Of course, I will. At this point, you have to. <laughs> of course. I mean, but again. Now I'm not, it is out of duty. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going into it expecting it to be. No. A masterpiece. Yeah. I'm expecting to see a bunch of fucking dinosaurs running yeah. around eating people. That's the right that's, attitude. That's exactly all it should, the right that's all, attitude. And that's all it should be. You yeah. can never recreate that. You know, I uh, yeah. You can never recreate that original experience. No, and so why bother trying? The first one is a standalone masterpiece. If you want to, if you go, oh, it's not like Jurassic Park. Just watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. it still holds up. It's awesome. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant yeah. film. If you want to watch these new ones, just go in watching a fucking monster movie. That's yeah. all you got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hope you enjoy the Monster Mash by Boris Bobby Bobby Boris Pickett because that's what these movies are. Do, now. Do, do, just before we go, do you what, what would you like? Obviously, it's an action adventure film. Yeah. But would you be comfortable calling it a horror movie? Or I a- think it's got mm. it's got horror elements. It's also got like science thriller elements yeah. to it. There's it's that's why I like it. It's not really because it's a scarring movie. I think oh, it yeah. scars you up. That oh, when yeah. if you see that young enough, it fucks you up. Yeah. It really does. I think with this original Jurassic Park film, it is that brilliant type of film that we talked about a lot when we covered Jumanji very early on in this podcast. Is that it is a brilliant film to introduce a child to horror. Mm. So someone a preteen, seven to ten year old, mm, around mm, that mm, level. Mm, mm. Uh, these movies like this are great to go. You are going to feel invigorated you are going to feel scared but this is clearly especially with Jumanji so yeah. like clearly this is all fake stuff Jumanji is just like 
things that come out of a fucking board game. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs no longer yeah, exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can just like, go, they're allowed to be scared and when they walk away, they don't have to hold the true terror after the film. Correct. They can still feel the adrenaline. Correct. They can mm-hmm. still have those feelings of fear, but it's not going to scar them really other than yeah, that yeah, yeah. they did feel scared at one point. Well, when, when I saw it with those um, kids a few years ago, um, you know, we had a great conversation at the end of it where they were saying, you know, I feel so scared and they didn't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And we had this great conversation about, man, how lucky are you to live in a in a country, in a society where yep. you can feel that terror in your mm. guts and be able to walk away from it and know that it was just a movie mm. and, and be able to, you know, leave it there. But you've had that experience. And I, I do think that that's something that's essential growing up is to feel that terror. You know, I still remember seeing Nightmare on Elm Street way too young, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and maybe it fucked me up more than it, should have or could you know was <laughs> yeah. necessary but, but they, that's because it's you, the, the scary things is concepts and concepts yeah, are real yeah, so. yeah yeah and I feel like a lot of maybe I'm just old but it does feel like that's kind of being taken away from kids there's this real you know uh, you know oh, I mean I know a lot of adults that won't even let their kids watch nature documentaries mm. it's like oh I don't want them to see an animal getting <laughs> eaten it's like for fuck come on yeah. have you done uh, have you tackled fear on oink time yet we have tackled fear. Yeah, we tackled fear with uh, uh, Cassie Workman. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Oink Time is Ben Edwards' new podcast. You can check it out on with the iTunes. Great Jen Carnavale. Two of my favorite people yeah. talking to many of my other favorite people. It's a great podcast. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's a great kind of uh, conversation podcast about long, in depth conversations we with get interesting meaty, people. But it never gets heavy. Yeah. Or if it gets heavy, it always pulls out of it. Oh, so check it out. It's called Oink Time. Definitely check it out. It's great Thanks. so far. You've even got an episode with your great Cameron James. What did we do? Shame. We did Shame. <laughs> Talked a lot about. Uh, toilets and Catholicism yeah. and Cleo the good. goldfish Cleo the goldfish Did I bring that up on no, that? I don't think oh. so I'm not ashamed of did. that I wanted to fuck that fishy <laughs> uh, You can catch Cameron fucking fishies on Instagram and Twitter at I am Cameron James uh-huh. What are you on? Uh, I'm on Twitter at BenOld11 Old is with two L's and uh at Oink Time Pod is the podcast yeah. We're on iTunes and all those other places. I would love to do a reboot, Elwood's Eleven, one day. <laughs> and then it's me, Cameron, all our mates hanging out, listening to you for advice. <laughs> and the crime that we commit is we all bomb at an open mic. <laughs> Uh, you can catch that pretty much everywhere, actually, if you want. You can come to Greenlights and see that uh, on June sometime, mm. last Friday of June in Sydney, if you're around then. Uh, I believe we've got Luke Heggie headlining. Oh, fantastic. So fantastic shall, comic, fantastic room. So it shall not be a bomb night, I'm sure. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Alexi. We are also on Patreon now. If you want to catch our bonus Patreon podcasts, they are online for just $5 subscription. You can get access to these bonus episodes. We've had a lot of great people signing up telling us how funny our first one has been, which is our reboot of American Pie. We're going through every film ever made and pitching our own <laughs> reboots. The one that we have just uploaded this week is us doing a legacy sequel and a legacy sequel to the Indiana Jones franchise. It's really good. It's so good. I, 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 I walked, so I walked in as you were wrapping up and I had to stifle my laughter. <laughs> So it's going to be, it's real funny. Uh, Thank you guys for supporting us there. And thank you for supporting us here. If you like what you've heard, give us five stars on iTunes. And what you can do is leave us the title and perhaps even concept and reboot take you'd like to see us do on the Patreon exclusive episodes. Ben, what would you like to see rebooted? The Matrix. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, this time it's not telephones, it's smartphones. Ah. <laughs> oh, that brings, it, that brings yeah. it to yeah. the present. Yeah, yeah like man, that's what I'm all about, making a freaking cutting edge. <laughs> ben, thanks so much for hanging out with Thank us. Thank you, fellows. We'll thanks, see ben. you all next week when we're discussing the Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3. And to all our friends in Moldova, I would like to wish Abuna Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how hard.